0: This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. In wild times like these, you need more than financial product salespeople. You need a firm that looks at the entirety of your life and helps you with strategies that coordinate all disciplines of good stewardship so you can manage wisely what God has given you and thrive in these times of chaos and confusion. Have a team that acts as consultants in the business of you. Let Alliance & Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance & Trust's book on Financial Stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show, where we are working hard to be a threat to the Great Reset, causing all sorts of trouble. And uh, my guest today is uh, a friend of the show, uh, Dr. Leland Stillman, who is um, transforming healthcare the best he can, uh, one patient at a time. Uh, I'm excited to have this conversation with him because we're going to talk a little bit about healthcare. I'm sure we'll hit other subjects. but. There is real trouble brewing here in the United States. Um, My concern is that our medical industry is collapsing in some ways, and we need creative people to help right this ship and um, end some of the uh, pharmacy-driven or big pharma-driven cabal that exists. Uh, So anyway, Dr. Leland Stillman, how are you, sir? It's
1: great to see you. Thank you for having me back.
0: Yeah, I think in my preamble, I I touched on all the problems already, you know. But uh, now you're going to have to uh, help us fix it.
1: Yeah, I know. It's not an easy job. Uh, But we've been working on it in my practice very intensively for, well, I don't know how long now. I think, you know, I I was briefly recruited by Simone Gold to join Gold Care last summer. It didn't work out. I continued working in my own practice. And I realized that we really needed... To create a suite of services that we're going to meet the re- regular people's needs, particularly in preventative care, which is where the medical system right now is totally collapsing.
0: Um, yeah. The, um, but, yeah. Before you get into the detail, just for the audience, um, yeah. you know, although you've been on the show before, uh, you were in the early days, and our audience has expanded, so. Uh, Mm. Talk a little bit about kind of uh, your background, because I find, um, you know, a lot of us came together during 2020 and, you know, the chaos. And certainly that's how Simone Gold, uh, you know, came came to uh, prominence at that time. And another uh, a number of things were bubbling up because of covid. So talk a little bit about that journey and then let's uh, let's dive in.
1: Yeah. Wow. It seems like a long time ago. So I ended up, uh, you know, during covid. I initially was concerned because I was a hospitalist. I took care of sick people in hospitals. It's what I did. And the literature I saw coming out was scary, uh, to say the least. And then reality set in and the patients didn't show up. And I was working in a rural hospital as the only doc on call in this this tiny hospital in Northern Minnesota. And it just, you know, it became this ridiculous house of, of cards and emperor with no clothes, if you will. And I gradually started to speak out and speak my mind on what I thought was really going on. And then they came out with the state health department or health commissioner of Virginia, I think his name's Norman Oliver, came out with a statement saying that, you know, in the event of a COVID-19 vaccine, they were going to mandate vaccination for Virginians. And I thought, this is absurd. You're talking about mandating vaccination with a product that does not yet exist, with a safety profile that has not yet been described or defined, and it's been developed in six months using a platform that's never successfully brought a product to market, Uh, and worse than that, has a dismal track record of failure in animal models because the animals get sick and or die. So this seemed totally nuts to me. I was actually, it was very much like the Twilight, a Twilight Zone episode for me as a a doctor who, you know, we always have disagreements in medicine, but usually physicians are very civil and reasonable about them. And I found my colleagues to be totally unhinged when it came to talking about the vaccine. So anyway, I finally left the hospital after I uh, after working very hard to start my own practice, and you know, got more and more involved in the conservative movement and in being concerned and raising awareness of things like about things like the Great Reset and how they're a threat to our health, our freedoms, our sovereignty, you know, the average American's wealth. And I met Rob McCoy at a Turning Point event. He recognized me from a video of mine that had gone viral in, I think it was September of 2020. Uh, and then I had a number of other speaking engagements and um, you know moments when I, I made some headlines. Uh, and I moved to Florida in the middle of COVID where I live now in St. Petersburg. And my background is as a general internist, so I take care of sick adults. And that's what I did during uh, COVID. I was working in hospitals for pretty much the whole thing, right up until the vaccine came out, and then I left the hospital setting. So that's how I met you. That's how I got involved with Liberty Station, and uh, that's how I got to where I am with my practice.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, you know, good recap there. Um, during uh, COVID, and, and I think we we have to continue to not let um, them uh, make us forget about these things. You know, yeah. but they were. So wrong, not just a little bit wrong, but so wrong and I think a lot of people that are running around uh now are wishing that we'd all forget um mm. you know the the people who were the um you know antagonists of the uh t- the the covid narrative the lockdowns the the you know folks that were um wanting to punish all of us that did not get vaccinated yes. um yes. The, they wanted us to not engage in commerce and you know everything else. Um, those folks were so wrong and they're obstinately refusing to even admit that they're wrong, even when you show them, um, you know, any of the data. Um, so I, I, I think that the audience, I think you, uh, me, all of us need to, to keep reminding people because they're going to try to do this again in some other form at some point.
1: That is the danger, right, that they'll do this again. Uh, what I think is going to be interesting to see is when they try to do it again, who's going to go along with it again? Because you know I've certainly seen people, you know, people who wanted to maintain their freedom move to red states. People who were comfortable with tyranny stayed in blue states, or even moved to blue states. And so I think the lockdowns are going to be worse where they were before. I think they're going to be better where they were already not so bad. Um, mm-hmm. And you're totally right. I mean, they're absolutely trying to memory hold this thing. The crazy thing is, is that the way that the public health establishment and my colleagues are behaving, my mainstream colleagues, to be clear, uh, it's something right out of a, a textbook on narcissistic personality disorder, the gaslighting, the manipulation, the shaming, the guilt tripping, questioning your reality, questioning your feelings, telling you you shouldn't feel a certain way. So really, these are hallmarks of pathological personality disorders. And, you know, the, the irony is that it's right there staring everyone in the face. It really is an emperor has no clothes moment. And I agree, we, we have to keep reminding people these people lied. They were colossally wrong. The damage is horrific. It's very, it's very quiet damage in a way, though. You know, there's no bodies piled up. There's no photo ops, but the small businesses that have been ruined, the relationships that have been ruined, the families that have been torn apart, the stress, I mean, people forget little, little changes in stress can really cause death and, and destruction. You know, every year when we change the clocks for daylight savings time, in the days after that, you see a significant change in the incidence of heart attacks. Something as small as shifting your sleeping schedule by one hour, right? Think of all the businesses that closed down, all the people who lost their jobs, all the people who worried about their loved one who was sick with covid and whether or not they would make it out of the hospital. And honestly, one of, the, one of the most disturbing things about COVID is that you know, the body responds to the mind and it creates disease from what the mind expects. We know that very well. It's called the placebo effect when you use it therapeutically. You know, a doctor gives a patient a drug, they say, this is good for you, it's gonna make you feel this, that, and the other thing, the patient's much more likely to feel that even if it's a placebo. The same thing works the opposite direction. If you tell someone something is a poison and it's gonna cause them to feel nauseous or it's gonna cause them to have bloating or it's gonna cause them to get pneumonia or a respiratory infection or something like that, you actually are increasing the likelihood that if they develop that illness or syndrome, it's gonna be worse. And the interesting thing about it is that we've never quantified. I mean, how would you test it in the first place, right? Uh, But we've never actually quantified how much or to what degree telling people to be afraid, telling them uh, that they're going to get sick and die actually influences their likelihood of death and disease, because no one in their right mind would condone such a study on ethical grounds. But we know right. the mechanism is there, and so it makes every makes all the sense in the world that these, and that's why when you were describing what they what they did, how they did it, I was tempted to call it, you know, terrorism. The mainstream media, the democratic establishment, the political establishment. They terrorized Americans for two years with a myth. This was not a dangerous illness. It was 100% treatable with early outpatient therapy, a la ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, melatonin, vitamin C, vitamin D, etc. And again, I couldn't agree more. We have to, we have to keep reminding people and we can't forget ourselves because, you know, unfortunately right now it looks like they're the ones who are still writing the, the history books and the textbooks that are going to be used in school.
0: Yeah. And they're uh, they're going to lie about this and say that, wow, we uh, it, it would have been so much worse had we not taken these, um, you know, super draconian measures. And uh, right. yeah, and they'll um, yeah, they're going to continue to to play that game. Did you um, and I always ask doctors who come on the show this um, were are there colleagues that you had that were on the opposite side that you were in communication with that have. Uh, come now to your side of this, or have they remained kind of obstinate?
1: I haven't had any friends or colleagues approach me over it. Um, but I was already so frankly disgusted with the way the system operated that I had really pretty much opted out of the medical system. I wasn't really in contact with a lot of friends and colleagues just because I found the, the environment, the personalities in healthcare, to be rather malignant on a sort of general level. And the contacts that I do have and the people I did reach out to to try and talk about it, because when I was initially coming to my conclusions that the vaccine was not effective, not safe either, I didn't want to miss anything. So I, I wanted to talk to friends. I wanted to talk to colleagues. I wanted to get their thoughts and their opinions. Some of them refused to talk to me. Uh, none of them sent me anything uh, like, mm, let's see, uh, None of them said anything mean to me, so I can't. I, I don't know what their state of mind is towards me, uh, but some of them were, were friends who I, I know. You know, they would have called me back for dinner, or they would have called me back for coffee. So I can only I can only suspect that they didn't call me back because they didn't want to talk about it, and they concluded I was a nut, um, you know, or just grossly mm-hmm. irresponsible. So, yeah, I know. But it, but one thing that happened certainly is that I had a lot of people coming out of the woodwork when I started to speak out, saying that they agreed with me, thanking me for speaking out and then saying that they couldn't do so themselves because of, it usually was economic factors, right? I have the, the benefit as a general internist of being able to walk out of the hospital and take care of anybody off the street. And I was trained to take care of people 18 and older. I'll take care of, of, of kids younger than that, particularly because there's such a shortage of uh, physicians who are um, do not treat patients with, frankly, contempt for not vaccinating their children. Uh, we don't pressure any of our patients to to vaccinate, uh, and I'm a virtual doctor, so I don't vaccinate anybody, and I wouldn't if I could. Um, but the uh, you know I can take care of anybody. If you're a radiologist, if you're a neurosurgeon, if you do something that's highly specialized that requires an operating room, requires you know special referrals or a certain level of sophistication of your staff, you know you have a lot of startup and operating costs, and so it was frankly impractical for them to get out of the hospital. And that's part of how they managed to create the illusion of consensus. and the other way is that they these people because they were afraid to speak out, they didn't have the opportunity to convince their colleagues who were either secretly on the fence or who had just never been exposed to the opposing viewpoint. And that's why it's so important for people to tune into podcasts like this to support you guys because without podcasts like this, without people giving, you know creating really a public forum where, debate and conversations not censored, none of this would ever have come out.
0: Former President Trump recently issued a warning from Mar-a-Lago, and I quote, Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. Some experts believe there are serious threats to the future value of the U.S. dollar because of inflation, deficit spending, and our increasing national debt. One asset that has withstood famine, wars, and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times is gold. And you can own it in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part? You don't pay a penny out-of-pocket. Text Bryce to 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold. Think about this. In March of this year, when the banks faltered, the stock market faltered, and gold surged. Birch Gold can help you find out how to protect your savings with gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Text Bryce to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Again text bryce to 989898 yeah and i'm and i'm you know grateful for the you know kind of new media uh alternatives out there like podcasts and you know uh the slew of websites and things that are reporting on things and the people that are writing on things because yeah we we would be um completely controlled and of course you know it's exciting news that uh Tucker is going to Twitter, and I uh, I think there's going to be um, a tremendous sea change, and and Elon Musk is um, I I think going to make Twitter incredibly successful, and and going to be that you know kind of town square um, that uh, that he envisioned. So um, it's going to be harder and harder for them to censor and control the more something like that proliferates, and it's um, it's good for us. Um, going back to your comment um in regards to the healthcare industry you know obviously i'm i'm um, uh adjacent to that being yeah. uh for many years you know in the insurance business um and and having uh, consulted for many years in that regard i've gotten up close and personal to see how messed up it is and there has been um over uh, really since ACA, a massive consolidation of providers, uh, hospitals, you know, right. do- doctors, uh, all of them have, you know, uh, coalesced into these massive corporations. And so the doctors have been controlled. So stepping outside of, whatever the established narrative is, is detrimental to their career. And um, you know, we obviously've had several people on the show that got fired for for standing against the vaccine or the lockdowns or publicly yeah. doing all that. So there is no real um freedom or freedom of speech within healthcare anymore. Uh and and that of is complicated of course by big pharma, which, you know, is is another, you know, master In the healthcare industry. And so, you know, gosh, if you step out of line, you know, you're going to be out of luck. And and uh, the system is broken and controlled by the people that it shouldn't be controlled by. It should be doctors and patients and that relationship that reigns supreme. So I I know you agree with that. Um, What are you doing about it? What what do you see going on now? What what are some of your concerns going forward?
1: Yeah, I don't think people really appreciate something that you alluded to in your initial statement, which is that the American Affordable Care Act was really, practically speaking, an act of economic war upon the independent solo practitioner, which was really the last bastion of medical freedom. And the number of docs in private practice now for themselves, or even in small group practices, you know, 5, 10, 20 physicians, is vanishingly small. I mean, I don't know anyone in my generation of clinicians who started their own practice. Even the, my mentors and colleagues who are decades advanced, you know, beyond my years, uh, they're solo practitioners. They haven't expanded their practices. They take care of a very small number of patients. And it's really sad because, you know, the Affordable Care Act created a lot of overhead for people. I call it the doctor yeah. tax. Uh, everything you want when you're a doctor is more expensive. The lawyers are more expensive. The software is more expensive. I mean, and part of this is HIPAA, which is you know this yep. awful piece of legislation that creates all this overhead. And I don't know, I, I certainly think that patients, you know, data should be uh, secure. And for people who don't know, HIPAA is a, is, a, is a law that basically requires doctors to maintain a certain yep. level of encryption and security, but it creates all these problems and all these costs for practices as well as the, the penalties for HIPAA violations are insane. They can bankrupt large healthcare organizations. They could absolutely ruin small practitioners. So, you know, all this taken together, what ended up happening, as you know, is that, like you said, doctors sold out their practices often because they just couldn't pay the rent anymore. You know, I remember talking to one a professor in medical school, he was out on his own, he was running his own practice. He hadn't consolidated with somebody else because he just didn't feel like working for someone who was going to, you know, force him to work in some cubicle and never go outside. He liked to smoke his pipe on his lunch breaks, he was kind of an old school, uh, just country doctor. And he just wanted to call his own shots and he was comfortable making half of what he could have made just to be able to call his own shots for the twilight years of his career. Not a lot of docs did that, the ones that did rapidly retired, because they just didn't feel like doing paperwork all day. And so, you know, the reality is that most docs now work for hospitals, very large groups, and, you know, they all take insurance. There's almost no cash pay. The cash pay that there is, is all concierge, practically speaking. It's very unaffordable. And, you know, I did cash pay concierge medicine exclusively for a while, particularly while I was starting my practice and just getting off the ground because, you know, starting a business, I I didn't have a lot of customers, patients, and I just had to take what I could get and, I, you know, continue to raise my rates in order to give myself the financial, uh, basically, foundation in order to then expand my practice. And the last six months, I've hired multiple staff, and now we're offering these very affordable annual plans because what I realized as inflation was you know, rising as the cost of living was rising as, you know, we see ridiculous headlines like 87,000 new IRS agents, Mm -hmm. who I'm sure will be going after the middle class or what's left of it. I just realized that there's no way I, 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 it's possible for me to cater to the very rich. It's very funny. I had a conversation with a hedge fund manager in West Palm Beach. He said, look, you should move to West Palm. You should charge 20 grand a year per patient and you should be, you know, booked solid in six months. And I thought, you know, as comfortable as that sounds, there's no way I can leave the average person in the lurch. And I might not be able to take care of everybody, but I'm at least going to try and create some model that gives them an out. Because the reality is for most people, and I write about this at my blog over at Substack, I have some premium posts for my paid subscribers where I really list out exactly how to get ready ready for things like cold and flu season. And what I do in my practice with patients is we look at the most important preventative markers. We fix their diet and their lifestyle so that those markers are in the appropriate ranges. And then if people are interested, we're happy to fill prescriptions for things preemptively like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. We wanna make sure that they have a certain number of nutritional supplements in their medicine cabinet. And we walk people through, through this because the reality is if you go through what we've set up and you really take it to heart and you buy the things that are supposed to be in your medicine cabinet and you do the things we recommend to fix your diet and your lifestyle, the chances of you going into the ICU, going into the hospital are very, very low. And when I say very, very low, I mean, just look at the numbers from docs who treated, and I didn't treat a lot of people with early outpatient therapy. I was already busy seeing a lot of my own patients who wanted diet and lifestyle counseling. And so I wasn't like, you know, uh, many friends of mine, like you know, Peter McCullough, for one, but I mean, there's so many, Zeselenko, right? I could go on and on, who saw hundreds or even thousands or tens of thousands of patients. I mean, their hospitalization rates were extremely, extremely low. We're talking about people who were coming to them when they were already sick. We're, I'm talking about, in my practice, getting people healthy before they get sick and making right. sure that they have things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine way before they need to go to the hospital because that was one of the biggest things is that, when you really got behind and the patient was already sick and really decompensating that's when the ivermectin didn't tend to work that's when hydroxychloroquine didn't tend to work and it's not that it didn't work plenty of you know anecdotes of people you know on death's door in the hospital the family brings in the ivermectin rubs it on them without telling the hospital or gives it to them through the ng tube or whatever and has a remarkable recovery but you know we so far we haven't had anyone hospitalized from the practice with with COVID. And, uh, I'm looking forward to continuing that, uh, that record. I mean, I, I, I'm going to caveat that I really don't like this continued emphasis on COVID or long COVID. I think this whole fascination or, or obsession with chasing COVID. I mean, the simple reality is every viral disease, every viral pandemic in the history of the world, it's come <clears throat> and it's gone. It isn't this thing that lingers forever. I think this is a, basically a fabrication of the a fear mongering fabrication of the molecular yeah. biologists who are just running around with PCR tests, you know, taking swabs and taking samples and saying, look, you know, we found a positive signal. This person must have COVID, you know, at the end of the day, this whole, the whole rigmarole of, of virology has become such a farce uh, when you really compare it to real rigorous standards in, in science, which is really sad because it's such an important part of practice and medical science.
0: Yeah, the uh, the long COVID thing is interesting because they are continuing to lay down that idea for anything, you know. So any uh, any issue, including a lot of the you know vaccine deaths and things yeah. like that, they're trying to uh, retri- uh, attribute it to long COVID. And anything that anybody's still suffering with, you know, oh, it's depression. You're depressed. Oh, it's long COVID. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. It's gotten to the point of of silliness. And it also gives them this funny little out where they can blame everything on that.
1: I know. And the reality with here's here's the thing. When you go back before COVID, everyone knew that when someone got a viral illness, some people had a prolonged protracted illness. Couldn't explain why. Mono is a great example of this. You'd have people get mono. They have 10 weeks, 12 weeks, six months. They're totally exhausted. They feel terrible. Why they didn't recover from mono compared to somebody else? Most doctors don't really look at things like this, but what's their diet like? What's their lifestyle like? What are they getting out of being sick? You know, What is their stress in their life? When you start to talk to people about this, they start to tell you, and when you actually start to get numbers and data, you start to see. I mean, people don't realize this. Small changes can have very profound effects over long periods of time. And the reason why we don't talk about long COVID in our practice, we don't talk about you know, Epstein-Barr and cytomegalovirus and all these other viruses, is simply that when you get people's relationship with nature and their nature right, they don't have problems with chronic viral illnesses. They might occasionally get a word on a hand. They might occasionally have a, a cold sore. They might occasionally get something like shingles. They might occasionally get a really wide variety of you know, viral illnesses. But they aren't these out of control, long-term, lingering, miserable syndromes that you know perplex people. They're not some kind of mystery. These are people who never get any sunlight, they have terrible sleep. Like most people today, they're addicted to their phones, they're addicted to their tablets, they're addicted to their their laptops, they're addicted to their social media. They're not eating a healthy diet. Many of them think they're eating a healthy diet. They really aren't. It's because they've been either taught the wrong thing by the dietary guidelines. And many people just don't realize that portion size matters a lot. Most people when they hear that are gonna think, oh, he means I have to control my portions so that I don't gain weight. No, 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 no. You'll get people who think they eat a lot of protein. They say, yeah, I have chicken for lunch and I have sausage for breakfast and I have beef for dinner. Well, did you have two ounces of these things? Did you have two tiny sausage patties or did you have an eight ounce steak? These are very different things. And you know, I could spend hours with patients figuring out what's wrong with their diet, what's wrong with their lifestyle, not to mention motivating them to change it because telling someone they've got to do something, telling someone something that is wrong is a completely different ball game than getting them to actually take action to fix it and giving them a strategy and not just a strategy, but tactics, concrete tactics to fix those things. And that's what I centered my practice around and I hired nurse practitioners and PAs to extend me so that we can do this on a very big scale. The best thing about our annual plans right now is not only are they affordable, they come out to a little over $100 a month uh, for an individual. And that gets you an initial call with a nurse practitioner or PA. It gets you multiple calls with a nurse, registered nurse. It gets you um, uh, multiple follow-ups with the nurse or or nurse practitioner or PA. And it gets you 12 group calls with me. And the group calls are what actually make things really work really well. Because what I realize is that a lot of people have five-minute questions that need you know 5 minutes of my time but i can talk faster than i can type and so i can ask answer infinitely more questions in an hour of 10 people 15 people on a call than i can just going through my email inbox and yeah. there's something lost in email there's an impersonality to it you can't get quick feedback so i just found an email and chat didn't work the group calls are absolutely amazing they've really revolutionized what i do
0: Do not trust these woke banks. Do not put your money into ESG funds. Instead, why don't you talk to the Alliance in Trust family? Finance is in their blood. I grew up with them, and they've handled my entire financial world for nearly 30 years. And as a testament to their talents, they've managed to keep me not just out of trouble, which in and of itself is remarkable, but they've helped me to build real wealth. They've assisted me through complex business transactions and family matters. Now even my daughters are working with Uncle Randy to put financial disciplines in place for their futures. Invest with people who share our values and will help you to be a good steward with what God has given you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805 371 yeah, that's a great idea. Well, well, all that you're describing is impossible for most modern um, practitioners because it's there's no way that they can spend enough time with anyone. Um, and certainly they aren't focusing on diet and the things that they should. They're they're, you know, just fielding, um, you know, in many cases, critical issues and, you know, OK, there's something wrong with this particular person. And and so, all right, you know, let's let's play defense, um, you know, now instead of playing offense right at the beginning. OK, let's get you healthy so that you don't need me. And uh, and that is how a practice should be organized. So, yeah, like I like your business model and, you know, there's not enough of those around the country and there's not enough uh people thinking that and and partly you know going back to our ACA conversation um the i don't think people totally understand uh, you, we touched on the administrative burden but in order for most of these doctors to get paid because of the insurance business uh nice. and again one I'm in, in, intimately familiar with they went f- with uh, from something like uh 18,000 codes, diagnostic codes and things to get paid on the insurance carrier side. Uh, So, you know, you'd have to, you know, put all that stuff in, organize it, you know, submit the claims and everything, uh, you know, for these patients to now a quarter of a million or more codes that have to be entered. And so the amount of labor that staff at a doctor's office has to do to you know, understand all that stuff, get all that stuff correctly in, so that you guys get paid, and so that the the process works is just absurd,
1: and it's, it's, it's death by regulation. It's stupefying when you come yeah. into healthcare from another area or or, or uh, industry in the insurance business. It's it's like another world. I mean, if every insurance uh, uh, type of insurance was regulated and run the way that health insurance was run. No one would have any insurance. Mm. Everyone would say yeah, this is too complicated, it's too cumbersome, it's too expensive, nobody can afford this.
0: Well, the truth is we don't have health insurance here in the U.S. because, you know, insurance has an actual definition. And uh, and what we have is uh, health assistance plans that are um, overly complicated, um, you know, by the government. You know, you take you took one of the most highly regulated industries and then put the worst bureaucracy – uh, ever on top of it. And so right. that's what we're dealing with now. And it's no wonder it's, uh, it's suffering the way it is. And I, I said in the beginning of the intro that it's collapsing. And the reason I say that is because, you know, in talking to a lot of these, uh, even hospital executives around the country and, all, and, and talking to some of these physician groups and folks, the wait for care Um, uh, And the access to care is getting really tough for a lot of people, which is um, dangerous uh, to to us. People are are going without treatment. um, And and those are things that we used to see in um, single payer health systems only, like in Canada, where you might have 17 to 20 weeks to wait for a necessary Mm -hmm. medical treatment. Right. You know, and, and, and the UK was similar in terms of their weight. It wasn't that way for us. And it's becoming that way. It's like, once we put in ACA, we, we took the, the worst of both systems and, and put them, put them in place here in the U S and then, uh, you know, made it, made it twice as convoluted.
1: That's a great way of putting it. it is the worst of both worlds. It's, you know, socialist service with, I guess, socialist prices, um, There's no – and that's why – the sad thing is it is collapsing. The only solution is to opt out. The people at the top are absolutely not going to solve this problem. And I I saw that writing on the wall. It's part of why I got out of the hospital. I stopped trying to work with health insurance plans. The reality is the best option for people right now is either switching to a high deductible plan where they're – You know, out-of-pocket costs, or I should say, their their costs to the insurance company. Right, their premiums are as low as possible. They're not going to get much covered. But I hate to break it to you, you weren't going to get much covered anyway. And getting what you wanted covered would be like pulling teeth. There's exceptions to that. You know, I've seen you know insurance companies cover the bills for certain things readily, but then there's the awful surprises. Oh. You went to an out-of-network hospital for your heart attack. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, you know, I was having a heart attack. I didn't think. Stop to think. Oh, hey, ambulance driver. You know, is this hospital in in network? Is this cardiologist stent going to be covered? Oh, do you think we can add another five minutes on my drive time in my ambulance so we can make it to a hospital that is covered? I mean, this. It's. It's. uh, It's hard. I, I would say it's hard to believe it's legal. But given the people running the country right now, I can't say it's hard to believe it's legal. It's just sad that it's legal. Um, I mean, all yeah. these regulations, you know, they're not designed to serve the patient, they're designed to uh, consolidate power in the hands of the worst people uh, in society, uh, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, well, I think before we need it, we need to. Go to organizations like yours, go to practices like yours or, you know, others that are doing the direct primary care model and concierge models. And there's there's um, thankfully more that are cropping up that are, again, outside of the system. What I wish we were able to do um, is go back to a real insurance product on top of that. Because, you know, if you get hit by a bus, um, you know, you're going to need a whole different level of care and, um, you know, a whole bunch of sophisticated emergency care and all those things. And we should be able to buy policies just for that and just for those like getting struck by lightning uh, types of uh, acute occurrences um, and then and then have that paired with a practice like yours. And, you know, unfortunately, ACA. Uh, the government, you know, gets in the way of these things, and so you don't have the ability to do these hybrid creative systems as easily. And and that's where it uh, that's where it's sad. And and I'm I'm hoping that you know at some point we can flank flank the government and get around some of those restrictions.
1: One of the most interesting options for people is the healthcare sharing ministry. And one yes. of the things that I I think people should I mean if you've never heard of it Google it. It's a very interesting you know category. I shouldn't say Google it. Use some kind of search engine, not Google. Uh, yeah. But it's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting product uh, that was cre- created by ACA because of how restrictive ACA was. It was clearly a First Amendment violation, so they gave us a loophole. You know, which is sad. They should have just, you know, demolished the legislation. But they gave us a loophole. At least we have that, and it allowed people of faith who had a, 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 a objection to the nature of insurance on an ethical grounds or religious grounds to have their own organizations that weren't insurance, they were sharing ministries. So you share healthcare costs with other people. It comes out to being very much the same thing. I don't know what you've yeah. heard. I've never had any complaints from patients about things not being covered that were really medically essential, but they really operate very similarly to, I think, how an insurance policy should operate, which well, is that- it's
0: it's interesting along those lines. In their commercials, they emphasize, this is not insurance but it is exactly insurance again right. insurance has a definition and and it is exactly pooling together with other people to right. you know spread the risk and the losses and uh and it is by definition insurance but because of our regulatory environment and the problems that we've created for ourselves and how we've uh, mm-hmm. redefined and bastardized uh, everything you know, they, they play that game, and, uh, and it's exactly how it should be. And I, I'm a big um, uh, proponent of those types of, of products and those types of ministries.
1: And one of the really interesting things about those products and ministries is that one of the way that they control costs, so that your, your, your costs as a consumer are low, is that they don't provide care for non-biblical health practices, so if you then, go out and you inject IV drugs, if you have non-monogamous extramarital sex, um, and you develop some kind of a disease, they don't cover that, and yeah. that's one of the ways they control costs in a really big way. And that well, was one they of the also things.
0: do, yeah. yeah, they also do some real underwriting, and you know, and so they don't take every single risk as well. And uh, it behooves you as a believer to be healthy anyway, but it. Right. Uh, It encourages and kind of creates, um, you know, a a better structure because 75 percent of all claims are lifestyle based chronic conditions. And if they, um, you know, underwrite uh, for that, you know, meaning that, hey, if you're going to you have to get certain certain things under control, you've got to get, uh, you know, certain lifestyle issues and chronic disease issues under control before you are. A part of many of these health sharing ministries, and again, that's if you're able to drop those risks down by a lot, uh, that 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 is going to create low low premiums and you know low low costs for you.
1: Right, and that's why you know I mean somebody like me, adult male, getting a single person policy insurance might be fifteen hundred dollars a month, but healthcare sharing ministries often are one hundred and fifty dollars a month. Yeah. I mean, it can be ten, one tenth the cost of what you're getting from insurance, and you know, I haven't heard any of my patients complain about the service they've gotten. It's been prompt, it's been fair, it's been reasonable, they've been able to get a hold of somebody. I just went through the process of trying to submit claims to United for a patient, and it was just this endless back and forth. Oh, you didn't dot this i, and oh, well, this page is not formatted correctly, and it's like, you know, how? It's obvious they're just, they're just, they're just sandbagging me,
0: so. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a there's a lot of uh, let's put up enough resistance, um, you know, with some of these claims so that we don't have to pay them right. or they go away. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's, um, it, it's an issue. And, and I, you know, it's one of those things that free the free market. Which we do not have, and you know, during ACA, they tried to, you know, during those debates and Nancy Pelosi saying, "Okay, let's pass this," so we know what's in it. Um, yeah. Those uh, during those days, they were arguing against free enterprise in healthcare, and and I use that term rather than capitalism. But we have hmm. never had, well, we have not had in the last sixty years any kind of free enterprise in healthcare or free market. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a very uh, different thing. It is so regulated. We're so prevented from being creative, so prevented from coming up with things. And again, thankfully, these medical sharing ministries and things like that have have done a good job of uh, figuring out how to um, skirt the system. And, and in fact, I don't know how those guys did it, but they got that health sharing ministries thing written into the bill, um, you know, which allows it. And so it's perfectly... Right acceptable based on ACA's um, uh, standards. And, and again, yeah, it's, it's the way to go. And then you pair that up with a proactive uh, practice like yours and, um, and it works. Summer is here and Good Ranchers wants to give you what you've been craving, a nice summer steak on the grill. Can you hear the sizzle already? I'm not sure what your favorite steak is, but mine is literally every steak I get from Good Ranchers. Every cut that they source from local American farms is hand-cut, trimmed, and aged to perfection. Good Ranchers is proud to be a trusted source for high-quality, all-American meat, and they are the way to get the most out of your summer grilling season. So head on over to GoodRanchers.com and pick up your box. They have ribeyes, New York strips, all-natural burgers, and all the delicious chicken you could ever want. Plus, it's $30 $30 off with my code BRYCE. With 85% grass-fed beef imported from overseas, Good Ranchers wants you to put American meat on the grill you can feel good about and trust. Whether you're planning a backyard barbecue, a family picnic, or a beachside cookout, they've got you covered with honest, transparent products that deliver on quality, price, and flavor. This is the perfect time of year to easily change the way you buy meat. So head to GoodRanchers.com and use my code BRYCE for $30 off any box. Forget about the summer bod for a minute and focus on summer meats. With Good Ranchers, you can feel good about the 100% American locally sourced meat you're putting on your grill and on your plate. Make this summer one to remember by starting it with American meat delivered to your door from GoodRanchers.com. Use my code BRYCE for $30 off at GoodRanchers.com today.
1: Right, and that's what we're seeing. Our patients are very happy. You know, I can't remember the last time somebody called me having, you know, gone to the hospital. Uh, just today, I had a you know, a friend of mine texted me about a friend of his who's in the hospital, who's not a patient. Um, you know, we always see friends, family, people we hear about peripherally. My, sa- my staff and I, that is. You know, oh, they're sick, I went to the hospital, so on and so forth. We'll get people in who think they're healthy, we'll get their labs, we'll see what's wrong. Then we are able to actually take corrective action and anticipate things we have a number of people right now who if they hadn't gotten some early lab work you know their their diagnosis you know and it's always people just think it's it's just something just a little something right oh it's just 10 pounds oh it's just you know a little pain here or there oh it's just a little weight loss a little weight gain oh it's just you know my genes and this, the sad reality is that, you know, physicians, American physicians in particular, have not been trained well in preventative medicine, have not been trained well in nutrition, lifestyle, diet, exercise. When you really bring these things to bear, you know, like you said, 75% of the underwriting is lifestyle-related. But if you don't know how to fix somebody's lifestyle and their diet, what business do you have, you know, addressing these complaints? And when we do address these complaints, people feel better, they look better, they function better, and they don't go to the hospital. And that's exactly what big pharma doesn't want us doing. It. You know, the number of patients of mine, I, like the number of prescriptions I write per month, maybe half a dozen, maybe a dozen. Most of them are for bioidentical hormones, which are not anything that Big Pharma is gonna make any money on. In fact, Big Pharma for years has been waging war on bioidentical hormones, because bioidentical hormones can be effective. I don't know if I can say this without the FDA, you know, showing up at my door, you know, with um, bulletproof vests and, and live ammunition. But um, let's just say, um, repleting uh, levels of hormones in men and women of testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, uh, has a wonderful effect. And I'm not going to say anything more uh, than yeah, that.
0: Yeah, no, it's true though. You know, like,
1: it's true. It's really true. I mean, the number, you know, one of the first symptoms that people have of hormone dropout, you know, low estrogen, low progesterone, um, low testosterone, is anxiety, depression. You know, these mm-hmm. two diseases are skyrocketing, and they're huge money makers for big pharma. I mean, the antidepressants, the anti-anxiety medications. And people will often end up on a whole cocktail of these things. So they're not just on one, they're on three or four. And they're taking it every day with no end in sight. And then it creates problems with their weight because it makes them hungry or it lose. Or it ruins their impulse control or it makes them feel depressed. And so they need to eat something in order to not feel depressed. And then all of a sudden they're overweight. Now they need a weight loss drug, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's a horrible, grim, vicious cycle that Americans are being ushered into, uh, and we are the solution. And yeah, I, and my, my book dying to be free, which I can't remember if I'd written that by the time I came on this show initially, but, you know, I wrote all about it in there It came out last, you know, last fall. And it's just so easy to break out of this vicious cycle. Once you understand how the web is being woven around you.
0: Yeah. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think you were, um, When you came on, you had that book uh, in hand yet, so that's wonderful. Uh, uh, You said, I'm sorry, it's Dying to be Free?
1: Dying to be Free,
0: yeah. Wonderful, yeah. Well, um, I'm sure we can uh, get that on Amazon or your website. Where do we find that? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Well, going back to the hormone issue, you know, I've had uh, Dr. Robert Yoho on a number of times and he's now yeah. retired, uh, but he wrote the book Hormone Secrets and uh, he's actually a, a great writer and I gave that book to my wife cuz during 2020 she was having some some real challenges and it did boil down to um, you know, some issues with hormone levels and things like that and and you know, it's made a huge difference. So it's mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a big it's a big deal, and, and most people are uh, completely unaware of it, and most physicians won't really treat it or address it. Um, and like you said, they'll just put you on a cocktail of other meds um, to, to mitigate the symptoms of, of something that could be easily identified and easily remedied. Right. Yeah, so... Um, how do we follow you, uh, for people who are interested in your practice? Uh, you know, where do they go? Um, you know, I love the model.
1: For starters, I need a nurse practitioner for the West coast. So if you're listening to this and you're a nurse practitioner, you're in California, you're in Oregon, you're in Washington state or you're willing to get licensed in those three states, contact me because I, uh, you know, I have staff for the East coast and we're expanding into the middle of the country, but I really have a lot of interest in California, Oregon, and Washington. And I'm a little bit, I'm, first of all, I'm I'm already booked solid. That's why I'm hiring additional staff. Um, and on top of that, I'm afraid of the California State Medical Board taking my license, even if I were to get it. So yeah. if you are listening to this and you're a nurse practitioner looking for work, please let me know. And or just contact- everybody
0: move to, everybody who's freedom loving just moved to a red state and uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll solve that problem over time and we'll let. We'll let California fall off the the face of the earth.
1: Is that where you guys are at with that now out there?
0: (laughs) That's where. Uh, It depends on the day you ask me um, because, you know, it is getting so bad here. I mean, you know, it's sunny, beautiful today. So, you know, that uh, that charges you a little bit. But um, Mm -hmm. now California is uh, I've I've been calling it uh, over time the velocity of atrocities that uh, Gavin Newsom and the state legislature are, um, you know, passing here and the laws are getting to be. Uh, you know, more egregious against, um, you know, patriots and, you know, successful people. We are moving uh, faster and faster towards uh, socialism here. And, you know, one of the latest things is, you know, you're going you're gonna to pay more for your utilities under this new, uh, you know, uh, communism here uh, if you make more money. So um, it's just, again, uh, you know, right out of the communist playbook, you know, from, from each according to his ability to each according to his need. I and know. uh and and all of that uh every day they're going to continue to double down here um and and what they can accomplish in a matter of a few years here in california is uh is ridiculous under one party rule
1: it's uh sobering i think that's being kind uh it, is, yeah. it, it must be surreal to be i mean it's surreal living through it. i mean i'm not living through it it's a surreal watching the headlines from florida so yeah. anyway, the website is StillmanMD.com. There's an apply for consultation tab. Uh, I have a online course and coaching practice as well, which is at StillmanWellness.com. Long story short, the federal government um, it basically won't let me teach people as a doctor, but I can teach you as a coach. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, so we coach people everywhere. We doctor people in New York. And Florida at the moment, and people can come see us in person if they want. Um, and you can come see. It. We, we, we live. I live in St. Pete with my practice, with my my colleagues, the rest of my employees. And uh, you know, so if you need an excuse to come to the beach, we can be it. And uh, my handle at every social media platform is at Stillman MD. Uh, Stillman S T I L L M A N M is in medical D as in doctor. And I look forward to uh, to hearing from you. If you have questions, you can drop them in the comments anywhere that I'm at. And I look forward to uh, to seeing you all there thanks for having me on Bryce
0: hey you're welcome and I'm convinced if you and I were in charge of this system we could probably fix it you know coming from coming from different perspectives on that I think you know if they just made us medical dictators for a day you know we could we could straighten out the problems here
1: I mean all we need is a chainsaw maybe some gasoline some kerosene some matches just you know just burn up the u.s legal code when it comes to health care and health insurance because really the problem is the regulation that's why The title of the book is dying to be free americans aren't dying because they don't have enough access to you know i mean our wealth is now rapidly shrinking because they've basically given it away but i mean it, it wasn't long ago that we didn't have a problem with with wealth we didn't have a problem with productivity we didn't have a problem with having enough time or being efficient enough in what we our daily lives the problem was that people like you and i were not allowed were not allowed to innovate solutions to people's problems we're not allowed to sell them the care that's going to keep them well. We're just being cons- continually constrained, and so Americans are dying because they're not free. They're not dying yep. for all the reasons that these, you know, psychopaths and narcissists in in office and at you know NGOs like to the, the um, WHO and the you know World Economic Forum are, are telling you. So.
0: Yeah, you are absolutely right. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on the show, and to God be the glory.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's great to see you.
0: All right, and we're out. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode of The Bryce Eddy Show. Hey, we need your help. We have a special call to action. Please subscribe to our new Rumble channel, The Bryce Eddy Show. If you've been consuming this on our church website or church channel, go ahead and subscribe to us on Rumble. We need to build those numbers there for that new dedicated channel. For your convenience, we have a link in the description below.